Masechet Nedarim, Daf Lamed Gimel. We begin the fourth Perek, and we're going to see three different Mishnayot today. Mishnah teaches, En ben hamudar hana'ah mechavero, lemudar hemenu ma'achal, ela derisat haregel vechelim she'en osim bahen ochel nefesh. Uh, there's no difference between the following two formulas, except a small difference. The first formula is, he, one person says, I uh, make a vow, I'm prohibited have, to have any benefit from his friend. Well, in that case, that's a general a generality, and he can't have any type of benefit. Um, that's the, the, the more expansive formula. Uh, the second one is mudar ma'achal. Uh, the second one specifies that, it says, I'm not going to have any benefit of food from you. Okay, so certainly any food items are going to be prohibited in both, but the first one that's more general is going to include more things. For example, walking through my field. If I tell you, you cannot, I, uh, you can have, not have any benefit from me, then you also cannot take a shortcut through my field. Even though in general, I wouldn't mind if people uh, trespass and they want to take a shortcut, but that is considered a benefit, so you can't do that. Also, utensils that are not used for ochel nefesh, meaning for food preparation. So this is interesting. This would be a difference between the two formulas. If it's a utensil that's not used for food preparation, like a lawnmower or a hammer, then according to the first general formulation, you're prohibited. I can't, you can't use mine. Uh, but according to the second one, it's not a food item, so that's okay. Um, but what we learned from here is that f- food utensils would be the same. They'd be prohibited either way. And that's what the Mishnah continues to clarify. If someone says uh, that you cannot have any food uh, benefit from me, then um, you cannot borrow my sieve, my strainer, or millstone, or oven. Uh, So even though we only said food, you might think maybe that only means actual food that you eat. Um, but the Mishnah comes to, comes to teach us that benefit from food includes utensils, that cooking utensils. But other utensils like a cloak or a ring or a nose ring, if those things you want to borrow, those are not included in food, not food, not food utensils, and then those would be permitted. All right, the Gemara is going to ask about this because it also only says food, so why should that include food utensils? Uh, we'll see the answer to that. But first, we want to clarify, Mantana, who is the author of our Mishnah? Must be that our Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. Because in a Braita, Rabbi Eliezer is one that teaches that vitur. Vitur is something that I forego. Most people forego even though they have a right to it. For example, I don't mind if people walk through my backyard in order to take a shortcut. It's not, it's no, no loss to me, and so it's totally fine. Nevertheless, if there's a, a vow that you cannot derive any benefit from me, well, then that is included. So there's machloket about this. The other opinion against Rabbi Eliezer says that since it's something that I don't care about and that most people just forego their, their right to it, even if you have, I made a vow that you can't benefit from me, according to the other opinion, they would say, this is not considered a benefit because I don't really care about it. So it's not something I'm giving you that now I say, oh no, I'm not going to give it to you. I don't care who, who passes through my driveway. 
Um, and so that would be the other opinion. But this Mishnah that included uh, walking through the backyard um, as one of the things that would be prohibited in the, uh, in the general formula, that shows that must be our Mishnah is the opinion of the Eliezer, that even though something that generally I don't care about, nevertheless, once I make a, a vow, then you can't go through the driveway. Okay, good. Now that we clarified that. So if I make a general statement, uh, if I make a specific statement that you cannot benefit from my food, then also um, I won't be, you won't be able to borrow my cooking utensils. So we ask, Hold on, I only made a vow that you can't benefit from food. Why should that include cooking utensils? It should only include actual food that you eat. And the answer is, He's clarifying, even though the Mishnah only said the word ma'achal, what he means by that is, he really either means or said, actually said, the benefit of food. And this is, includes not just food, but anything that's it's more general, anything connected to food, and that would include food vessels. Now we say, Hold on. When I think of benefit of food, I'm not thinking of cooking utensils. I'm thinking of other benefit that food has besides actually consuming it as food. For example, if someone gets a wound uh, before they had Band-Aids, they would take some wheat kernels, chew on it, and then the saliva mixed with the wheat kernel um, that, uh, that, that that person is munching would create a kind of sticky substance, and they put it on top of the wound, and it had medical benefit and also protected the wound. So this is a, a useful benefit that one gets from food. So then you would think that hanaat ma'achalcha, that would include food and other things that one benefits from the food itself. I still wouldn't think that that would include utensils. So, yet another answer. No, the Mishnah is talking about a case where I say any benefit that leads, um, uh, the benefit that leads to preparation of your food is going to be forbidden. Um, and so, if you say something like that, then that would include the cooking utensils, right? Because I included not just benefit, but any benefit that leads to cooking, uh, leads to creating food. And so that's why that includes the cooking utensils. Okay, but sounds like if I just said food, then I would mean only food. All right, that's an important clarification. Now, Amara Papa, Sak lehavi perot, vachamor lehavi alaf perot, vaafilu sana The Papa now is going to expand the Mishnah. If, I, if indeed I say that you're prohibited to this food benefit or that which leads to food benefit, then not only will the oven and the millstone be prohibited, but also a sack that you use to carry fruit, or a donkey that you use to bring produce one place to another, or even just a regular basket that you could use for food. All these are going to help you to transport the food, and therefore that's going to help you eat, so all those are also prohibited. But Rapapa was unsure about the following. What about a horse to ride on? Now, the horse to ride on, not only will it get me to the banquet faster, um, and that will help me eat, but even more importantly, when I show up to the banquet with riding a horse, that's like showing up with a limo. That means everyone's going to see me and say, oh, this is a very important person, and they're going to serve me right away. Whereas if I just come on a donkey, then they're going to say, oh, this, is, uh, this person, he can wait to eat. 
Or if I show up with a ring, uh, jewelry, then I'm just going to show, look, I'm a really rich, I'm an important person. And then I'll get the food, I'll get better food, and I'll get uh, the food right away. So what do you think? Does that, is that included in a type of food preparation utensil, even though it's really indirect? Or the last question is taking a shortcut in your land. I know we talked about taking a shortcut, and if I just say food, well, shortcut is not included. But what if I'm taking a shortcut in order to, in order to get to the food faster? Um, is that called, is that included in that formula of food preparation? Rabbi Papa wasn't sure. We're going to attempt an answer. From our very Mishnah, which said, if a person, if I say you're not allowed to have any benefit of food or anything that leads to food, um, then only cooking utensils are prohibited, but the Mishnah taught that clothing or a uh, right cloak, a garment, or a uh, earring, or, or, or rings are permitted. So, hechidami. So, now ring is, one, is something in common, right? We talked about ring here, and here we said that ring is permitted. So, what, what is the case of the ring? Hechidame. If it's just a ring for my personal benefit, that I'm not taking it to a banquet to show off to anyone, then would I even have to say that? Right? Obviously, that would be uh, permitted if I'm only talking about food, because if I just, you know, like having the ring around uh, in, in private, um, then it has not, certainly nothing to do with food, and that would be permitted. Mishnah wouldn't even have to say that. Rather, must be, I want to borrow the ring because I do want to be seen with it in public, and that will help me get more honor and get food faster. And therefore, um, it is, does have to do, it, is a, it does help me with food, and yet the Mishnah said it's permitted, right? You can, I, you can borrow my ring, even though I said that you cannot have any food benefit from me. So we have an answer to that Papa's question. And if the ring is permitted, then the same thing would be for the horse or to take a shortcut. Even though they're helping me get food a little faster, they're very indirect and therefore it's permitted. So is that a good proof? We say, no. No, maybe the Mishnah is not talking about a case where I'm borrowing it to show it off. Maybe I'm borrowing this ring not to show it off. I just want to borrow the ring. I want to just look at it in my house. And that which you asked, wait, isn't that pishita? Isn't that obvious that I'm allowed to borrow it? If I'm not even showing it to anyone, I'm not going to have any food benefit from it. Is you're right, it is obvious, but we wanted to have a parallelism in the style of the Mishnah. And so since in the Resha we mentioned items that you're not allowed to borrow, like the sieve and the mill, so in the Sefa we wanted to balance it out and bring some examples of things that you are allowed to borrow, and that's why we mentioned this ring, even though it's obvious, because we're talking about a case where I'm not showing it off. But in the end, we have no answer to the Papa's question. We're not sure if I was using it to get served faster. We're not sure what the answer would be. And we leave it at that. All right, now the second Mishnah. Now this is adding to the previous law um, that even, uh, even if I just say you're not allowed to have any benefit of food from me, right? I only said that. So we just said that that would prohibit you from borrowing food or cooking items, um, but it would be permitted to everything else. But now the Mishnah is going to give an exception of something else that will be, be prohibited. If there's any item that, even if it's not used for food, right, not ochel nefesh, but usually this is an item that people tend to rent. 
others like it, then it'll be prohibited, like skis, right? Everybody, if you're going to get skis, you're going to go skiing, you're going to rent skis. If I come and say, hey, listen, don't bother renting skis. I have skis. I'm not using them at that time. Why don't you just borrow my skis for free and, and go? Now, if I also made a vow and I said, you cannot benefit, have any food benefit from me or food-related benefit from me, then you're not allowed to, to borrow my skis because that money, you were going to pay $100 to rent skis from the ski lodge. But now you're using my skis for free. You have an extra $100. And with that $100, probably you're going to go buy some food. And therefore, my lending you skis for free is actually indirectly helping you to, benefit, to have food benefit. And so any item that one would tend to rent out for money, and I, give it to you, I also cannot lend that to you for free, because indirectly, you're going to go and, you know, what are you going to, when you have some extra money, you're going to buy some extra food. All right. Very interesting, Mishnah. The Gemara is going to learn, We learn, we can infer from this, that in the Resha, the items that were forbidden, like the sieve and the straightener and the millstone, those are prohibited, even if they're not the type of things that one would rent, right? You don't go and rent a strainer. If you need a strainer, right, you go borrow it. No, no neighbor is going to say, oh, you know, pay me $5 for using my strainer. And so that would mean that if I say, you can't have any food benefit from me, um, uh, the strainer is prohibited, even though uh, nobody would pay rent for a food strainer. So, uh, since that inference is true, we follow up with the question, Mantana, who is the author of this Mishnah? We saw this already before, but now we're just bringing an extra application, another application. It must be, this is the opinion of Rabbi Eli Ezer, who says that something that usually you forego, no one is going to ask rent to, to, to use a strainer, right? There's no wear and tear, it's no big deal. Um, nevertheless, even though something, I don't mind if anyone uh, borrows my strainer, uh, nevertheless, if I make a vow that you cannot have any food benefit from me, um, then the strainer also is prohibited. And this is going to exclude that other opinion that would say, if it's something that I forego, then we don't even call that a benefit. And they would be permitted to borrow my strainer, even though I said you're prohibited to deriving benefit from me. So this is yet another way of showing that this Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Eliezer. Good. And now we get to the third and last Mishnah of the day. If I say, you can have no benefit from me, the general formula, no benefit. Um, but then the, they're collecting machasita shekel. And I decide I'm going to pay the machasita shekel on your behalf. That is permitted. Now it would seem that should be prohibited because I'm kind of paying your tax, right? If I pay your taxes, it's like when they used to go through the toll booth and sometimes you'd pay for the guy behind you, right? So you've been giving benefit to him. So isn't this the same? Why should this, this be allowed? The answer is because machasita shekel, although yes, there is a mitzvah of every single person to give machasita shekel, what if they don't? Um, the halacha is, we saw in Masechet Shekalim, that even people who didn't give machasita shekel yet, or it was lost, or it's in transport, the kohanim, they have in mind when they uh, take from the storehouse of machasita, from the chamber, they say this will be for everybody, for all Jews everywhere, those who gave machasita shekel, and even those who did not yet give machasita shekel, we're having them in mind, and they are included in a share 
of the public sacrifices, the Korban Tamid, the Korban Musaf, all of them. Even if you didn't give Machasit HaShekel, you're still included. Therefore, if there's some individuals out there who didn't give Machasit HaShekel, they're still included, they still get the mitzvah, the share in the communal sacrifices. They didn't get to do the mitzvah, so that's on them that, uh, you know, they didn't get the opportunity to do mitzvah. Therefore, if I give Machasit HaShekel on your behalf, you're not actually benefiting, you have no, you're not having any, any physical or even spiritual benefit from it. Uh, and therefore, that money is not going to you. It's going to the Betamikdash. The Betamikdash is getting an extra donation. Um, and so, you know, that's good for them. And, uh, you, uh, but you have no direct benefit because you still, get the, you still get a share in the communal offerings. And that's why I'm allowed to pay Machasit shekel on your behalf. Second one is more surprising, but I was going to ask about this. Um, uh, so I say, you can have no benefit from me. Meanwhile, you owe Mr. Friedman $100. In the meantime, I go and pay Mr. Friedman $100 on your behalf, right? I said, here, I'm paying back your loan. Now, that would seem also that that would be a benefit to you because now you don't have to pay the loan anymore, right? Because I paid it for you. Yet, this is permitted. I will discuss why. And also, if I'm walking along the street and I find your watch, I find your wallet, I can return the wallet to you. Uh, the reason for that is because I'm only giving back to you what is already yours. Uh, you own it, right? And it says your name in it, so it's obvious it's yours. I can't take it. No one else can take it. So I'm just returning that which is already yours, so that I'm not giving you anything new, and therefore that's permitted. Um, now, on the last point, there are some places where there was a custom uh, that if I return a lost item to you, then you should pay me for it, right? It takes some trouble to do that. Uh, I'm miss, missing work. It's, uh, I have to go find you. And so let's say you should give me $10 for the benefit of, of finding your, for, for returning your wallet. And then I'll say, listen, no, I don't want it, right? It's okay, you keep it. If I would do that and say you keep it, then I am actually giving you benefit, right? So returning the wallet was already yours. But if I say, no, keep your money, then that money is something that you are now benefiting from. So I did a service for you that's a payable service if you're in such a place that usually they pay. And um, in that case, uh, what would happen with that money? Uh, the answer is that you can't keep the money because then you would be benefiting. Rather, that money you could give to Hekdesh. Just give it to the temple and that way you don't have it and I don't have it. And so that way you did not benefit anything because you're out that $10. And so that would be permitted. Okay, that is the Mishnah. Now the Gemara is going to ask. Alma. Regarding the paying back the, the money, right? You owed Mr. Friedman $100. I paid Mr. Friedman for you. And so now, um, Mr. Friedman is off your back. What we can learn from here is that if I do something for you, but it doesn't actually benefit from you, it just removes a harm from you, that is not considered a benefit and would be permitted. So the example here would be if I scare away a lion, right? So I made a vow and I said, um, you, I, you can have no benefit from me. I'm not gonna, you're not allowed to have any benefit from me. But then there's a, there's a lion chasing you and I can stop the lion. I am permitted to stop the lion from, uh, from biting you. Uh, because even though that's a benefit, no, it's not a positive benefit. I'm just removing a negative thing that would have happened to you and that's permitted. 
Um, you know, you might not even know about it. You're just walking on your way. Maybe you did realize, maybe you didn't realize. So the removal of a negative is permitted. And the same thing would be here um, since, um, yeah, you owe Mr. Friedman money. Mr. Friedman's constantly bothering you every day. He sees you, hey, pay me back, pay me back, pay me back. And now because I paid Mr. Friedman, I got him off your back. So it's a benefit, but it's not a positive benefit. It's merely removing an annoyance from you. And that's the reason that is permitted. All right. Now, um, in order for this to make sense, we have to clarify something about this general law if of paying, uh, paying a let on behalf of someone else. Mantana. Who would be the author of this Mishnah? Amarav Hoshaya. Zo divre Hanan hi. Oh, this Mishnah is the opinion of Hanan. Now, we're going to see what Hanan says in a second. Um, and that, let's skip to that. All right, I'll, and we'll come back to Rava. My Hanan. Uh, the case would be that someone, a husband, goes away on a trip. And a friend comes and supports his wife, right? The guy goes away. He doesn't leave money behind. And his wife needs to eat. So his husband says, here, right? Here's $100. And that way you can eat while your husband is away. Now the husband comes back. And uh, the friend says, listen, I supported your wife while you were away. I want you to pay me back the $100. Hanan says, I lost my money. The husband didn't ask me to pay for, to pay for, uh, her, for it, uh, to pay for his wife's needs. And he said, yeah, you did this on your own. You decided to give her a gift. You lost your money. I don't have to pay back. Right? Um, the, the, the wife, she could, she could have went and borrowed money or something or kept her earnings and she would have figured something out and the husband and wife would have had to deal with it on their own. But he cannot force me to pay him. That's the opinion of Hanan. So how is that related to our case? As follows. Let's say you have in this very case, that friend, the one who gave money to, to the wife, let's say he made a vow that the, hus the husband who went away can have no benefit from him. Okay, so now in the meantime, he pays pays the wife for her food. Now, the wife is like a creditor to her husband because when the husband comes home, she's going to say, hey, you know, I, uh, I had to pay the food, so you owe me money. When now, when, when the friend comes and pays and gives money to the wife, he is in effect paying a loan on behalf of the husband. So this is like, you know, in this case, the wife would be like the Mr. Friedman in the case before. Um, so now, if it would be the law that the um the the uh, that the friend can go to the husband and say hey pay me back i gave you i paid for your wife 100 dollars you have to pay me back in that case we would call that a benefit because um you see you know you would have had to pay your wife i paid for you i so i did i did a good deed for you and you owe me for it right until you pay me back i get i did a benefit for you and then that would be prohibited but because hanan says that the friend, the, the husband does not have to pay the friend back because he'll say, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't planning on paying her. I was going to come back and I would have argued with her. I would have said, you should have kept, kept your earnings, whatever. He would have made up a story and maybe he would have paid, maybe he wouldn't have paid. And so you see here, he can say, listen, you gave up the money on your own. I never asked you to do that. And I have no benefit from you. The only benefit I have from you is that now my wife won't bother me. Right? If you hadn't paid for my wife, she would have had to go and borrow money or paid from her own earnings. And then when I came back, she would have said, hey, you have to give me the money because I have to pay it back. Now that you paid, laid out the money for my wife, now she has no claim against me. 
but having no claim against me, that's just like removing a lion. Now you removed an annoyance, but removing an annoyance, we just said, is not considered a positive benefit. Okay, so this, um, this Mishnah uh, would make sense according to Hanan. Let's see the other opinion. However, Rava Amar, Afilu Tema Rava says, I can explain this according to everyone, even those against Hanan, who say that the friend can demand to be paid back from the husband that went away. Uh, in which case, it le- looks like it is a benefit, right? I laid out money that you would have had to pay, and while I laid that out, I did a benefit to you because you're going to have to pay it back. So how is Rava going to explain this according to everyone? Oh, we're talking about a specific case where the lender told the borrower, uh, let's go back to the Mr. Friedman, right? He was the lender, and he told the borrower, listen, I'm lending you $100 with no due date, right? On, on condition that you don't have to pay it back. You could pay it back 10 years, and 100 years, 1,000 years, it doesn't matter, right? You can pay it back anytime, or don't pay it back even in my lifetime. He's totally okay with that. Nice lender. We're talking about a case like that. And therefore, if I go and, right, so you owed Mr. Friedman $100, but with no due date. So you didn't really have to pay back. So if I go and I make a vow that you can have no benefit from me, and I go and pay Mr. Friedman on your behalf, you have no benefit because you had no need to pay him anyway. It's true, there was an outstanding loan, but an outstanding loan with no due date doesn't actually uh, is not never going to be uh, forced to be collected. And so therefore, you know, I gave you a benefit that you can uh, erase that from your books, that you don't have that outstanding loan, but it's not actually giving you any financial, um, uh, any financial benefit. Um, so Rava can explain it as well. Okay, now we're going to explain what is this, what is this machloket between Hanan and the others, my Hanan, Ditznan, Mishach Midatayam, Bamad, Echad, Ufines, Et Ishto, Hanan Amar, Ibed, Maotav, someone who goes away, doesn't leave money for his wife, and then a friend comes in, uh, lays out money too for the, for the food of the wife. Hanan says he lost his money. He, no one asked him, he can't get it back. We saw this already at the end of Ketubot, um, that the children of the Kohanim Gedolim, they had a different opinion. It's interesting that they have opinions about halacha, right? This must be an old halacha, when the Benek uh, Kohanim Gedolim still had some had religious authority. And they said, uh, In fact, the friend can make a vow and said, Yes, I paid $100 uh, for on behalf of your wife, and then he can collect. Amar Bidosa ben Harkinas ki divrehem. Bidosa ben Harkinas agreed with the children of the Kohen Gadol. Amar Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, Yafe Amar Hanan, Hiniach Maotav al Keren Hasebi. Whereas Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakai, he said, Hanan spoke well, and he agrees uh, with Hanan that um, I, I cannot get paid back because it's as if I put my money on an antler of a deer. If I put my money on an antler of a deer, it's probably going to run away and I'll never see it again. And so, okay, I did a, I did a, a favor for the wife, but I, um, I gave up the money and without any expectation of getting back money from the husband. Okay, that's the machloket. Now, how come they disagree, uh, the, uh, these two opinions? Rava lo amar kerav oshaya. Rava did not agree with the opinion of oshaya. Rav oshaya is the one that said, our Mishnah is Hanan. Because Rava says, I want to, uh, want to explain the Mishnah according to all opinions. I don't want to limit it, limit it to only Hanan. Much better, much better if a Mishnah can be everyone's opinion. So that's why Rava said him. 
his opinion. Rav Hoshaya lo amar kerava gezera shelo lipara mishum lipara. Rav Hoshaya says, I don't like your answer, Rava. Even though you explained it according to everyone, you had to limit it to a case where um, Mr. Friedman gave you $100 without any due date. And so you're right. In that case, if I pay the loan for uh, the pay the loan on your behalf, you're not getting any benefit. But we should we should make a, a rabbinic decree because that's very confusing. And if we permit it in that case, then people will come to think that it's allowed in every case, even where Mr. Friedman did give you a due date and said you have to pay back in a month. And there, if I pay the loan for you, I really am benefiting, uh, giving you benefit. Um, and in that, in that case, I would violate the vow if I said you can have no benefit from me. And therefore, Rav Oshaya says, I don't like your answer because your answer is too specific and too, uh, looks too much like a regular case. And so uh, uh, for, to, to make it permitted only one case, a small case, but prohibited, but still prohibited in most other cases, so people get confused and we would make a gezerah and prohibit all those cases. So therefore, uh, Rav Oshaya says, I would prefer to say that this Mishnah is according to Hanan only, and uh, after all, actually, we follow Hanan for halacha, and so he's perfectly okay with that. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.